Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 another Millie Maker. These two game Monday night slates, I can get used to these 5 p.m. Eastern time starts. It's a little bit earlier, but we like it because we get the two games and it's another one with the Chiefs on it. So we're going to have a lot of offense, at least in one of these games with a team total north of 30 points for the Chiefs today. But welcome everybody in here. Two games to break down, million dollars up top, some wild, wild payout structures for that million dollars. I think it's like 40% to first place or just something absolutely egregious. But we know that everybody's going to be taking shots at it for the most part. And we're going to come here right now, position by position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. I'm going to give you my early right now thoughts as I've done some research. I have my projections and rankings right now already done. They're going to be posted on Patreon shortly after I'm done shooting this video. And then later today, I will go live probably around 3.30 or 4 o'clock. I have a call at 3. So then after that, we'll go live for about a half hour to 45 minutes because the games start again today at 5 p.m. Eastern time, not the normal 8 p.m. because there's two games tonight. So two games late, Millie Maker. Let's break down into it. And before we do, two seconds of your time. A lot of people are going to view this because it's a Millie Maker with some really good games on tonight. Like button for me. Big old subscribe and pop up on the screen. I appreciate that. And this video is sponsored by Superdraft. Now I do have my Superdraft projections over on Patreon and I can discuss as we go through the different positions who some guys that look really good on Superdraft are. If you're not familiar, it's a multiplier format. It's not salary cap based like where you have a salary cap, you spend money on FanDuel and DraftKings. It's just based on multiplier. So on the screen behind me, if you're watching on YouTube and if you're listening on the podcast, how you doing? I could just verbalize this for you. The multiplier for Patrick Mahomes tonight is 1x, meaning that he gets one times his points. But the multiplier for Andy Dalton is 1.25x, meaning that he gets 1.25 times his points or 25% bonus points. So you kind of have a little bit of a projection thing that you have to work through here. Again, I do have projections down below, but it's not salary cap based. There's nowhere near as many professionals over there. And the ROI on Superdraft just asks the people that if you want to comment, if you play on Superdraft, you want to let people know, ask those people in the comment section, just how much better of a chance you have at ROI. You don't have the chance to win a million dollars over there, but you do have a chance at actually getting a very strong return on your investment. So check it out. The promo code SAL, S-A-L, will get you a 50% deposit match up to a thousand dollar Ruskies. All the information is linked down below. Again, promo code SAL lets you know that you came from me. So let's start this bad boy off right now. And the way that I'm looking at it, we'll start off with quarterbacks is early on after doing my projections after running some initial crunches, it looks like I'm going to be pretty balanced at the quarterback position. I might take a stance here though. We did this on the last two games late and just completely fade one or two quarterbacks just to have some leverage. Now, if you're playing just in one lineup or so, a lot of my quarterbacks are going to look similar today. Patrick Mahomes is going to come in a peak behind the curtains as my highest projected quarterback, but a lot of these quarterbacks are projecting out all of them right now for me for 20 plus fantasy points. So yes, that does make some of the cheaper ones and honestly, really just the biggest by far difference in price range, Andy Dalton, $5,200. It does make him look rather appealing today, but it also makes Kyler Murray in this matchup against Dallas look rather appealing for a guy who leads this slate in fantasy points per attempt right now because of his rushing upside and what he's doing on the ground. He's averaging 8.2 rushing attempts per game for almost 60 yards rushing per game. I mean, right now, based on all the other quarterbacks on this slate, he's more than doubling anybody else that comes even close to him. And we have some other mobile quarterbacks on the slate with Patrick Mahomes averaging 25 rushing yards per game with Josh Allen averaging 20. But those don't even matter at all compared to what Kyler Murray's doing. And he's also going to be in a game where the pace is going to be absolutely insane because not only does Arizona play at a fast pace, Dallas so far, at least with Dak and under Dak, has been playing at an insanely fast pace, mainly due to just running a shit ton of plays because they've been trailing in these games. So he's even going to look good. But if we start all the way up at the top with Patrick Mahomes, I, I mentioned earlier, a, a team total above 30. 30.75 is going to be his team total. And everything just looks a-okay for Patrick Mahomes. I'm still going to be stacking on these two game slates. So when I put groups together, I'm going to have lineups that are going to give me at least two of a Tyree kill with a, a Travis Kelsey running it back with somebody from Buffalo, if not multiple people from Buffalo. I could also obviously get no Sammy Watkins today. I can get some of Cole Harmon, some Demarcus Robinson. I even have Byron Pringle ownership as of right now. It's very small. It's like in two or 3% of my lineups, but he's going to now take on that next step role with no Sammy Watkins out there who is running a ton of routes out of the slot and also some on the outside for the Chiefs so far this year. And right now in real life, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in general might not seem like the same force, or at least what people are expecting out of 
have this team that just won the Super Bowl, just barely getting by the Chargers, losing to the Oakland Raiders. But in terms of fantasy, everything still looks a-okay. He's averaging 26.8 fantasy points per game. That's number three right now in the NFL. He's top four in overall passing yards per game with 295 per game. And he has 13 passing touchdowns, which is number three. So in terms of fantasy, in terms of what we want when we're stacking, everything still looks good. He's operating in a top 10 game script for himself. He's attempting about 39 pass attempts per game. And he's top seven in red zone attempts right now, still targeting downfield deep shots, not only to Tyreek Hill, but multiple other weapons, McCole Hardman, Travis Kelsey as well, as he's eighth in the league with 4.4 deep shots, 20 plus yards down the field per game. And like I mentioned, averaging 25.8 rushing yards per game is also top 10 and he has two rushing touchdowns. So everything for Patrick Mahomes checks out. Based on my latest crunch, he was my highest owned quarterback. But again, I'm getting a lot of all these quarterbacks. I think, I think I'm probably going to, by the end of the day, fade one of them. And more than likely, it'll probably Josh Allen. Again, if you are a Bills fan, if you are somebody who loves Josh Allen in fantasy, that's fine. He looks just as good as honestly, most of the other quarterbacks on the slate for me. I'm getting very similar amounts of all of them. And I just don't want to be that spread out. I want to actually have some sort of leverage. I want to leverage off of somebody and get more of Mahomes, get more of Andy Dalton get more of Murray if I was to actually fade fully Josh Allen and to close on Mahomes again he looks good he's going to be a yes for me I assume that he'll be if not my highest on one of my two highest on quarterbacks tonight you're going to get right now the Bills ranking fifth in overall pressure in the offensive line right now for the Chiefs in terms of pass protection has been good it's top seven in the league seventh overall and if you're looking at the coverage for the Bills they are going to probably get Tredavious White back today they ranked 14th overall they were top 12 coming into that last game did not have any Tredavious White had some other injuries in the secondary as well so it's basically a top 10 coverage unit as well it's going to be going up against a Chiefs passing offense that currently ranks sixth in the NFL. So it's a very strong defense or a pretty solid front and secondary against a very strong Patrick Mahomes. And honestly, we've seen him even in bad games, Mahomes putting up 290 yards and multiple touchdowns. So I like Patrick Mahomes in this two game slate. That's probably obvious to you. Next up is going to be Kyler Murray, which Kyler Murray right now from a passing game perspective, 7.2 yards per attempt is basically the NFL average, but he's 20th overall this year. So that yards per attempt has been coming up. Makes sense since we're seeing a lot more passing overall, a lot more higher total yardage games and higher total points games. But he's 20th in that department. He's 15th in passing yards with about 260 per game. He's had about eight touchdowns so far this year, which is just 16th. But the big thing is the rushing upside, allowing him to score 25.9 fantasy points per game, which was fifth right now. It is fifth in the NFL. And because of his rushing upside, he's first in overall yards per game at 59 and a half. He has five rushing touchdowns, which is first. He's tied with Lamar for 41 carries. Obviously, Lamar had many yesterday, but through the first five weeks of the NFL season, red zone attempts, he's averaging right now eight and 8.2 rushing yards per game. So right now, what you're getting is obviously a QB one, but you're also getting 60 rushing yards and a touchdown per game right now from him. So you're also getting those extra 12 fantasy points on the ground, which is like a low end RB2 out of your quarterback. So that's where the upside comes in. And now he gets a matchup against Dallas, where we know what Dallas's defense is right now. If we go down and we look at overall, they're overall 30th in the NFL right now in defense. If you want to go down and look at their coverage unit, yes, through five weeks, it's still dead last at 32nd in the NFL. And their pass rush is the one thing that's actually their saving grace, where they actually rank seventh overall after having back to back very solid weeks in terms of their pass rush. If you're looking at where their Cardinals rank overall, 11th in passing offense and their pass protection right now the Cardinals is about average exactly average at 16th so this matchup for Kyler Murray obviously is going to be in play for me if you're looking at stacking options though yes it's obviously DeAndre Hopkins is your main stacking piece and then after that Christian Kirk and Isabella Larry Fitzgerald none of them really stand out to me they're all in a group for me I'm not going to be putting Kenny and Drake even in a two-game slate in a group with him because he's only seen five targets through like five games now so that's not appealing to me if anything I'd put Chase Edmonds with Kyler Murray but even that I'm not willing to do I do have Clyde Edwards-Lair in my groups with Patrick Mahomes though I will say that based 
on him. The fact that he's right now like top four in overall target share for running backs, and it is a two game slate, which makes it a little bit more appealing to see both of them getting there. And if you're thinking that this is taking a little bit of a while to get through the quarterbacks, it's going to easily branch off into the other positions because we talk about the groups here and I want to get a little bit more into it. But Josh Allen up next for Buffalo. Look, it might seem like I don't like Josh Allen today, but look, they have the smallest implied team total, right? But they are five point underdogs. So being a little bit more of an underdog, you might see the most actual attempts coming from Josh Allen in this game. Although the team total is just 25.75, maybe that means that most of that team total is made up in the passing game when some of these other teams might be a little bit 50-50, 75-25 with the running game. He's averaging the most passing yards per game on this slate, at least with 317.8 per game. And he's averaging 37.8 passing yards per game. And you're getting an 8.4 yards per attempt, which you factor out Andy Dalton's very small sample of what he did in those couple of pass attempts in the second half when Dak got hurt. That's basically leading this slate as well, a 7.4% touchdown rate. So Josh Allen has been insanely efficient. He's been very, very good this year. So at $6,800, yeah, it is pretty much a bargain. I'd rather get up to Mahomes, but I think a lot of people will. I'm going to see what the ownership looks like later tonight because I'm saying that I'm going to be fading Josh Allen, but that's just an example, right? I might actually go out here and just fade Kyler Murray. I want to just get leverage off of them. I don't want 25% of my lineups having stacks of every single team on this slate. It seems too safe. It seems too balanced out. It seems like I'm not getting enough leverage. So I'm going to reevaluate this and this is what we can talk about later on the live stream as well to see where I uh, finalize some things based on ownership and based on how the day goes on after that. Another nice thing about Josh Allen is that this team is getting into the red zone. He has a lot of red zone rushing attempts and he has a lot of red zone overall attempts, 33 red zone attempts on the year. So even with Devin Singletary being healthy, they have not had Zach Moss. So maybe this changes with Zach Moss due back tonight. But even with Devin Singletary being healthy, you're still seeing Josh Allen be commanding down there in the red zone. The Chiefs defense ranks 21st overall this year, but they have been seeing some improvements in their pass protection right now. And their secondary 17th, it's usually like bottom half of the league. Run defense has still not been good. And the Chiefs pressure rate right now, if you're looking at it, ranks 21st overall as well. So this defense is right around average, but improving in the secondary, but still not elite by any means. So I do like this matchup for Josh Allen as well. Again, I'm basically getting, if I look at my first crunch, this is not where I'm going to end up at all. This is not with any specific rules or anything put in. I got 29% Mahomes, 25% Allen, 23% Dalton, and 23% Murray. You can see that's pretty balanced and even out. I'd rather just get a lot more of two more of those quarterbacks or three more of those quarterbacks and just fade one of them. Again, do not be taking those and saying, oh, this is where Sal's at tonight. No, it's right now. It's 5.30 in the morning as I'm recording this. Things are without a doubt going to change. But Andy Dalton looks very good right now. Andy Dalton at $5,200 based on his price point, based on his matchup. A lot of this stands out. Now, he is my least projected quarterback, but that makes sense based on the price tag. But he's also projected for a lot of points for me, 20 plus fantasy points. Uh, again, I mentioned for all these quarterbacks, we have a very small sample of Andy Dalton for this year. We know what Andy Dalton is, and it's really just banking on this overall offense. And we can talk about a little bit of the matchup so we can get a better idea of this. But if you want to just look at the matchup today that he'll have against Arizona, what Arizona ranks for in terms of pressure right now, 29th in the NFL. So he's not going to face a lot of pressure, even though the Cowboys offensive line and their pass protection has not been all that good. At least their pass protection right now is a little bit better than what they're going to be facing. It's 13th overall. It's not as good as what we're used to seeing out of them, but the pass rush for Arizona is not there. The secondary for Arizona has fallen apart because Patrick Peterson is not a good cornerback. He's just a name. So all these wide receivers are going to have great matchups. Even Dalton Schultz, the tight end. Arizona right now ranks 27th overall in their secondary coverage right now out of 32 NFL teams. So yeah, Andy Dalton with all these weapons still looks very solid. He looked like he had a little bit of a connection with CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup towards the end of that game. Amari Cooper is maybe going to get Patrick Peterson. That's completely fine. And we can talk about that in a second. But if you're talking about the best value based on the price point being so cheap, I mean, like $2,000 less than two of the other quarterbacks on the slate, $1,600 less plus than every other quarterback on the slate. Andy Dalton actually looks good tonight. And he's going to be a slight underdog and they're implied for 27 points. So it's not like Vegas is saying that this is not going to be a team that scores. So if you're looking at it, you're getting a quarterback that has all the weapons, maybe arguably the best weapons up there with the Chiefs on this slate. And he's only going to be priced at $5,200 that allows you to stuff in every single thing that you want from in terms of Dallas stacks, run it back with the DeAndre Hopkins and still get some of those higher pieces on some of these other teams. So yeah, I do think that Andy Dalton's very solid play today. Like ideally, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Dalton like, like the two best plays in the slate, in my opinion, when it comes to the quarterback position. And maybe I just go to those two and fade the other two, but it seems very 
very scary to be fading a quarterback, especially a mobile one against Dallas and Kyler Murray. So that's why I usually seem to lean to get less Josh Allen based on what we're seeing right now. Let's move over to the quarterback position. I think that was a pretty thorough breakdown of what the stacks look like, what the strategy is like, and what some things might change, but we can get through these other positions rather quickly. So you can see right now on the screen, the running back position is going to be pretty solid. Like it's going to be pretty obvious in terms of like what you're looking at. You have Ezekiel Elliott, who I actually do have in my groups and Andy Dalton. Normally I wouldn't do this, but since it's a two game slate, yes, if anything happens in terms of correlation, if Andy Dalton checks it down, or even if Zeke does, doesn't even need to correlate with him on a two game slate, it's just easier to get there. So I have him in my groups for game stacks. And in terms of opportunity share, there's not much people better. I mean, he's number two in the NFL, 84%. He's playing 90% of the snaps that leads all running backs. Like Tony Pollard is a good backup behind him. He's just not getting any usage at all because of the fact that Zeke is just absolutely feasting and being a true workhorse. One of the few workhorses left in this league. Only right now, Derrick Henry is more of a workhorse than Zeke through the first five weeks of the season. Zeke is averaging about 18 attempts per game. That's fifth in the NFL. And he's averaging six and a half targets per game. That's second in the NFL. So not only is Zeke right now, just in terms of being on the field a ton and getting a ton of work, he's averaging 4.8 red zone attempts per game. That's number two in the NFL. He's getting all the goal line touches, all the red zone work, all the money touches, and he's up there in terms of elite usage in that department. But he's also running a ton of routes. Number one in routes run for running backs with 33.4 per game. And then you talk about the targets, six and a half. Right now, receptions, he's third with 4.8 per game. So he's feasting on the ground. He's feasting in the red zone and by the goal line, and he's feasting in the passing game. Everything's clicking out for him. I would expect this to continue as well with Andy Dalton being in there. And his matchup in this one against an Arizona run defense that currently ranks 27th in the NFL is going to be, in my opinion, very good for Ezekiel Elliott. The Dallas Cowboys rushing offense ranks 10th in the NFL right now. Zeke is an obvious yes for me. He's expensive. And when you factor in Zeke's price tag relative to some of the expensive wide receivers, that's when it starts to become a balancing act in your lineups of, okay, do I go to Andy Dalton? Because if I go to Mahomes, I won't be able to afford an extra expensive wide receiver. And that's where you can start to get a little bit different with your lineups. Next up is Clyde Bertolaire. Le'Veon Bell is on this team now, but he's not playing today. And he's not going to be able to practice apparently until like Wednesday or Thursday, based on all the testing that he has to do before he's actually allowed to step on the practice field. So you still do get a top 10 opportunity share that Clyde Bertolaire has been sporting right now at 76%. He's averaging 16 overall carries per game and 5.1 targets per game. The targets are top five. Right now he's fourth overall. The carries are number seventh overall. And he's seeing 3.4 red zone opportunities per game, which is top 12. So he's still being used in this elite manner. He's eighth in route to run with 22 per game right now. He's averaging like 104 total yards per game, which is currently top five in the NFL. So everything's pretty much working out for him, except he's getting unlucky with the touchdowns. He had that touchdown in week one in like the first quarter or the first half it was for the Chiefs. And since then, he's just been getting stuffed, but he's getting very unlucky from a touchdown rate at just a 1% touchdown rate right now. You're going to see that happen a little bit more. Just one drop on the overall year. He's going to get a little bit luckier, but obviously Le'Veon Bell is going to hurt that. But we're not talking about Le'Veon Bell for this specific game. He's not going to be out there. So Clyde Edwards-Lair does look good for me. I do have him in my chief stacks right now. I would prefer, based on what I have from a projection standpoint, let me go over to my projections again on Patreon down below. Right now, I prefer just projection standpoint. Overall, I have a couple more fantasy points projected for Ezekiel Elliott, but that's obvious based on the price difference. But at $6,000, it looks like Clyde Edwards-Lair might actually be my number one value play at the running back position tonight. Next up is actually pretty interesting. Chase Edmonds is more expensive than what you're getting out of Kenyon Drake. It makes sense because he's involved in the passing game. It makes sense because when he actually touches the ball, he's finding the end zone and being very efficient with it when Kenny Drake's doing the exact opposite. So you have Chase Edmonds and Devin Singletary at similar price ranges. They're saying that Zach Moss should finally come back tonight. Zach Moss, when Devin Singletary was in there, Devin Singletary was still seeing the majority of the touches and work and also the passing game work, which is important to point out. But Zach Moss was seeing a lot of the goal line work, the red zone work, and still kind of like this 60-40 touch split overall. So this can really hurt Devin Singletary, who's still $5,100, while Zach Moss is just the minimum today, priced around other guys like Darwin Thompson like Darrell Williams at just $4,000. So at least worth pointing that out. I don't have overwhelming interest in Zach Moss, but he should not be priced as the minimum if we think that he's going to see six to eight to maybe even 10 touches with some red zone work. But to touch on Chase Edmonds, he's basically averaged four carries per game and four and a half targets per game, but these things have increased and he's actually number seven in overall targets per game for running backs as a pretty much straight backup at this 
this point, but he's been very involved. He's been very efficient. He's averaging about 26 receiving yards per game, 19 rushing yards, again, as a straight backup. And what you're getting is he's running about 15 routes per game. Now, if we look at the game logs and what he's been doing as of late, he has back-to-back weeks as a top 20 running back. And last week, he finished as a top seven running back or seventh overall, 20 fantasy points last week. He ended up seeing six targets. He ended up running into another 15 routes, basically averaging that every single week. And he had just three carries. When he actually touches the ball, he finds the end zone, 92 total yards. The week before that, a touchdown and 40 total yards. He actually caught five passes in back-to-back weeks now. So you have Kenny and Drake who's seen like five targets on the entire season. And you have right now in back-to-back weeks alone, not even just targets, Chase Evans is catching five passes in back-to-back weeks. So yeah, if you're asking me which one I like more, Chase Evans obviously has the upside when he's getting usage, right? In the past couple of weeks, he's seeing about 10 opportunities per game when half of those or more than half of those come in the passing game. That's going to be very nice because you have a high upside to actually convert on those. So Chase Evans is in play for me, but I actually currently have a yes by Kenyon Drake only because of still the opportunity that they continue to give him. I think any week now, and it could be this week, they can flip it and just say, you know what, Chase Evans, you're getting 12, 15 carries. Kenyon Drake, you have just sucked so much. We're not giving you the ball anymore, but it doesn't seem like they're anywhere near doing that. So last week you had 19 overall touches for Kenyon Drake. The week before that, he gets hurt in the fourth quarter. He has 13 touches, but then the week before that, 19, 22, 18. So this guy continues to get work. If we saw a little bit of a reduction last week and he only got like 14 touches to Chase Edmonds 10, then I would say, okay, why don't we just go all in on Chase Edmonds? I still think Chase Edmonds is in play, but based on the price tag that they're putting Kenyon Drake at $4,800, if I'm going to still project him for 16 touches in a matchup against Dallas, I'm not even projecting him for that many overall targets, but he is running routes. Like he's ran 16, 16, 19, and 25 routes and basically his four full healthy games. I'm going to still get more Kenyon Drake than Chase Edmonds. If you're playing him in a seasonal league and you have both of them, maybe you go to Chase Edmonds if you want to, but I still think that the quote unquote safer player, at least one that you could project for more touches. I have Chase Edmonds projected for right now, nine opportunities. I have Kenny Drake projected for 17 opportunities. So that's just where I'm going to be going. If they're the same price point, I'm going to be going to the guy who I projected for double the opportunities today. Although he is, I agree, completely sucked. He has finished as RB 17, 31, 32, 58, and 24. He's basically an RB three based on those right now finishes and how he's being uh, productive, not even used. He's being used as an RB one based on his touches, but he's just been absolutely dreadful. After that, not much left here. We touched on Zach Moss. Zach Moss was pretty much involved the first two weeks of the season before he got hurt. I can talk about his exact game logs and then we can move on to the wide receiver position for all of you watching this. So Zach Moss, before he got hurt in the first two weeks of the season, week one, he saw 12 touches and he actually saw four targets. He had 11.7 fantasy points, finished as a top 30 running back, and he actually ran 20 routes. Then he gets hurt week two, where he plays 46% of the snaps after playing 40% of the snaps week one, only runs eight routes, doesn't see any receptions, has 37 yards on eight overall carries. So basically what I would be expecting, if indeed he's due back tonight, reported by Adam Schefter, I would be expecting Zach Moss to work in right around 40, maybe even 45% of the snaps, get some goal line work. And that does hit Devin Singletary, who I kind of glossed over because although he's in play for me, and the big reason why that these running backs are going to be in play is because how bad the Chiefs are in terms of run defense. They have been for a long time now. The Chiefs currently rank 24th in run defense, but don't be shocked by that because they did actually shut down Josh Jacobs to an extent on a yards per carry metric because that Oakland offensive line has just not been great for Josh Jacobs. But this is probably a bottom five run unit. It is improving based on being like the worst in the league the last two years, but that's why we at least have to keep in mind Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. I think that these running backs might be the leverage spot tonight, but you might just be getting too cute because Ezekiel Elliott, Clyde Everett look like the obvious options. And then whichever Arizona running back that you personally want to go to in a GPP, I like Kenyon Drake a little bit more right now based on the fact that he's actually cheaper than the guy getting half the touches as him, even though that guy is better. I think the Buffalo running backs will be lower owned and maybe the leverage play though, if you're looking to get a little bit different at running back, I think that I can just get different within my stacks, especially when we get over to the wide receiver position, which let's go over there right now. And if you're still watching this, please do hit, take a second of your time, hit the like button, hit the big old subscribe button. The game start at 5 p.m. Eastern time tonight. I'm going to hope to go live by around 3 30, 4 o'clock. 
I have a call at 3 p.m. Eastern time, so it might take a couple of extra minutes, maybe 3.45 to like a 4.30 live stream. So be sure to check that out by hitting the like, subscribe, and that notification bell so you can be sure that you will be updated for it. So now let's move over as we do into the wide receiver spot. So a lot of this is going to have to do with stacking. So DeAndre Hopkins, I don't really have to get into too much like specifics about these players, right? Hopkins is averaging 10.6 targets per game and 85% catch rate right now, even though a lot of his catches are downfield, actually leads this slate for Hopkins. He's averaging 106 yards per game. Everything for Hopkins looks good. He projects out for 20 plus fantasy points for me. He's the obvious number one stacking option with Kyler Murray at $7,900. I might prefer Ezekiel Elliott at the running back position just due to the fact that there's a lot more opportunity cost in not playing Zeke. There's not a lot of guys that can actually get you there at running back. If Zeke scores 20, who are you putting in there? Maybe a guy who scores like eight, like a Kenyon Drake or a Chase Edmonds. That's not going to be great. If Hopkins scores 20, well, there's like three or four or five or six other wide receivers in the slate who can score 20. So I think it's easier to pivot away from Hopkins compared to the running backs. That being said, he still looks good. He'll get a matchup against probably Daryl Worley, which is going to be a fine matchup in my opinion for Hopkins skill set. He's number two in the NFL in target share. He's number one in route participation. He's playing 97% of the snaps right now. Hopkins is obviously fine if you want to get there. Tyreek Hill, clearly and obviously in my groups with Patrick Mahomes. I think that he'll be probably seeing a matchup against Teron Johnson. He's going to move all over the field, right? If indeed you end up getting out there, Tredavious White, he'll see some of him, but not a lot. He'll see some Johnson as well out there. Either way, I think that Tyreek is just like we've seen in other difficult matchups. You really can't guard him one-on-one. And if you want to try and take him away with two guys, somebody else is going to feast. So normally you don't do that. So I think he'll be fine in this matchup. He's averaging over two fantasy points per target right now, which is actually leading the slate if you just take out the small sample size of Byron Pringle. So he's still been efficient. He's still been elite. 16.1 yards per target is number three on this slate, averaging 73 yards per game, has scored a touchdown every single week on seven targets per week and 18.5% target share. He's getting not overall a shit ton of usage, but that usage is just very much so downfield. He's seen overall number five in the NFL, 11 deep targets through the season so far. Number six in air yards, Tyreek Hill clearly in play at $6,700. Now we start to get into some like value names that honestly look very, very good based on their price tag. Like I'm looking at this and these Bills wide receivers just in general look too cheap. Honestly, all of them. And that starts with Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs should not be $6,200. Arguably, he should be in the 7K range above Tyreek Hill. He's top 10 in target share at 27%. He's averaging over 10 targets per game at 10.2 right now and 102 yards per game. So he's fourth overall in targets right now. He's number five in routes run. His usage is absolutely insane. They're going to be playing from behind based on Vegas's projection in this one, five point underdogs. He's number three in receptions, number two in receiving yards with 508 on the season. He's number one in completed air yards. So he's actually getting that accuracy from Josh Allen, which a lot of people were questioning when he was coming there. So everything looks good for Stefan Diggs. The matchup, in my opinion, is going to be fine for Stefan Diggs. It might be slightly difficult, but again, he's kind of basically overcome every single difficult matchup this season because he's just that good of a route runner. When you're these elite route runners like a Keenan Allen, Steph Diggs, Devontae Adams, it almost doesn't matter what your matchup is. Let's just say that he sees probably a good amount of Ward, maybe some Rashad Breeland who came back last week. I think he actually had like a pick six or something. So yes, I'm going to be interested this week in a Steph Diggs. And he might actually be on paper if you're talking about like a cash game tonight, not so much a GPP, but even a GPP, he'll look good as a run back option. A cash game tonight, he might be the best value wide receiver, him or maybe even one of his other Buffalo teammates. Next, you get all the Dallas receivers are basically back to back to back. Interesting that CeeDee Lamb is the most expensive. It makes sense if you're looking at his overall usage and participation, right? He's been solid. These are his targets every single week. Six, nine, six, seven, eleven. 11. Last week, he finishes wide receiver 15 after finishing as a top five wide receiver the week before that. You saw a good amount of targets from Andy Dalton, 11 total last week for CeeDee Lamb on the season. He's playing out of the slot. He leads the NFL right now in slot usage, 248 slot snaps on the season. That's elite 17% target share in this offense. And right now he's basically top 10 and top five in overall receiving yards. As a rookie, he's six in that category, but 433, it's about 87 per game. And overall targets per game, he's at eight per game. So he's in play for me. Probably see some Byron Murphy in the slot, which is a strong matchup for him. He's going to be pretty much a yes. Like I have him as a maybe here, but he's basically going to be a yes. The only reason he's not an outstanding yes is because his teammate Amari Cooper is actually cheaper than him this week. And Amari Cooper, in my opinion, should not be cheaper than him. Amari Cooper should not be $5,500 in this slate. Yes, I know Andy Dalton's a starting quarterback, but still it looks 
looks good. He's going to have a matchup against Patrick Peterson. Uh, it's very similar to Stefan Diggs' argument. Patrick Peterson is just not that good anymore. And Amari Cooper is an elite wide receiver who's very good at route running. So I have no reason to want to get away from Amari Cooper. He's 24% target share this year. He's number two in the NFL with 55 targets. That is 11 targets per game currently. So I have a lot of interest in Amari Cooper this week. I think that he is the yes, he's the one Dallas receiver factoring in price point. I think a lot of people will gravitate towards him. All three of these guys I'm going to have a good amount of ownership towards. And my initial crunch, let's look at the ownership I got towards the Dallas wide receivers. I mean, it's very close. 37% Amari, 34% CD Lamb, and 29% Gallup. So they basically are all yeses for me. This is just to distinguish on the screen right now and for the show, especially in the podcast version, if you can't see the screen, this is just to distinguish uh, which one I like the most out of all of them. That would be Amari Cooper based on price point, but Gallup's obviously in play as well. I mean, this right now, 27 implied team, total one point underdogs. Everything checks out. Dallas, 17.4 air yards per target is very nice to see. 70 yards per game. And if anything, if anything, the change to Andy Dalton, we saw him get targeted twice last game and catch both his passes. Gallup on that last drive set up the very nice catch for the game winning field goal. If anything, Michael Gallup with a change at quarterback might actually help him if they actually go to him a little bit more. Maybe he can establish a stronger connection than what Dak had with straight up Amari and what straight up it seemed like CeeDee Lamb over Michael Gallup. So maybe that actually helps him a little bit. After this, you can see Christian Kirk, Cole Beasley, similar plays for me. Right now, I'd probably prefer Cole Beasley. Kirk's going to get more downfield targets, but I assume that I'm going to be getting a little bit more of Cole Beasley. I mean, I got like 17% of both of them on initial crunches. They'll both be seeing around five, six targets in this game is where you can project them for. You're just going to get a higher catch rate for Cole Beasley, which is nice to see. Obviously, just not as much downfield targets with Kirk seeing 16 air yards per target and Cole just 7.8 so far in the season. No Sammy Watkins, so McCole Harmon does project for double digit fantasy points for me, and he has a mega ceiling on him. I don't know who they're actually going to be putting him on today. I assume they might be putting Tredavious White on McCole Harmon, but McCole Harmon does move into the slot a decent amount, right? You're going to be seeing McCole Harmon probably move into the slot somewhere around 50% of the time. So this could be a very strong situation where Demarcus Robinson is just sacrificed on the outside. And we've seen this a couple of times this year. And if McCole Harmon ends up going into the slot, well, that's going to help him out a ton. So if Harmon goes into the slot and Tyreek is not the one in the slot, you'll probably see that Teron Johnson is going to be going in against McCole Harmon. Teron Johnson so far this year is allowing a 79% catch rate in 1.91 yards per route run. That is a very bad metric. Anything over one is starting to become bad. He's almost at two. So I do think that Harmon they're actually going to use in the slot a good amount, maybe 50% of the time tonight. And I think that Demarcus Robinson actually might be the one sacrificed to Tredavious White. So Harmon's in play for me, seeing 1.98 fantasy points per target right now out of all the players with a sample size close to his. Only Andy Isabella and Tyree Kill have done better this season. After that, Larry Fitzgerald is in my group, so I'll put him in play. I'm not getting a lot. I'm getting like 12% Larry Fitzgerald. Andy Isabella, Demarcus Robinson, these guys are in my group, so they're in play. But again, getting like 8 or 10% of them. Byron Pringle on my first crunch, I got 6% of. I might just fall and fade him, but he will be seeing a little bit more usage with Sammy Watkins being out. He'll probably increase his routes run a little bit. I'd expect him to take on like the usage role of Hardman, not like that downfield burst player, not the talent of Hardman, just the usage role in terms of his routes run, right? Like his game logs right now in week five, he ran 11 rounds when Sammy Watkins got hurt. So maybe you see around 12, 15 routes for Byron Pringle. He did see one target, caught it for 23 yards. So what you're looking at for Pringle here is I've projected for like two and a half, three fantasy points, one or two catches for like 20 yards, but that does keep him in play because obviously there's touchdown upside in this offense. So he's at least in a player pool for me right now. Now let's close it up with the tight end position. And as we go over there, I'll just remind you that this video is indeed sponsored by Superdraft. Promo code SAL, S-A-L will get you a 50% deposit match up to a thousand dollar Ruskies. It's a multiplier format. Check it out. Let's touch on some of the top Superdraft plays at the wide receiver position. Right now, my number one Superdraft play at the wide receiver position, a 1.35 multiplier. So he gets 35% extra bonus points. Stefan Diggs, I have him from over 26 fantasy points. He's by far my highest projected wide receiver by about four fantasy points. So if you're playing on Superdraft, you don't have to stack either. I get that question a lot because of the way the multiplier is set up, but be sure to do that. Go ahead, start your lineups right now with Steph Diggs. You're basically giving away free money if you're going to be signing up for this site anyways at some point, or at least trying to try it out. It sounds interesting to you because they might end this offer literally tomorrow. Like they might be saying, all right, we're not doing the 50% deposit match up to $1,000 anymore. I'll let your people know. And I'll be like, I'm sorry, you 
can't do it anymore. So 50% deposit match up to $1,000 promo code Sal, S-A-L. Go ahead, take advantage of that right now. So to start this one off, we're going to give you Travis Kelsey, which is going to be, I mean, I don't even have to tell you, he's going to be the best tight end play tonight. Honestly, if you really wanted to just lock in Travis Kelsey and go from there, that's fine. Obviously, some tight ends can just fall into the end zone though. We saw it a lot yesterday with Trey Burton getting to. We saw with a decent game from Irv Smith at the minimum price. We saw with Jack Doyle, another tight end who was in the that one dude video to the both of the Colts tight ends. So we saw it happening a lot. We saw Anthony Fersker go off for 100 yards in the touchdown. So some of these tight ends can obviously get you there. We do know that at least in terms of Dallas, Andy Dalton has used in the past Tyler Eifert. He has used, I think, Tyler Croft as well when he was at Cincinnati. He was actually playing tonight, believe it or not, on, on Buffalo. He's used these guys to a decent amount. So maybe Dalton Schultz can get some usage or even Blake Bell for Dallas at the $2,700 price tag if you wanted to even punt the position. But right now, about 50% of my lineups are going to feature Travis Kelsey. It's just hard not to right now. I mean, he's seeing a 24% target share, which is fourth among tight ends, nine targets per game for 45 on the season, which is second among tight ends. He's basically top five in every category or top three, like routes run. He's currently number three in fantasy points per game with 18 per game. He's number one in completed air yards, receiving yards, number two in receptions, all these things. He's fantastic. You know how good Travis Kelsey is, 7.8 air yards per target. So Kelsey at $6,900. Yeah, right now I'm getting like 50% of him. I would not be shocked if I got more. I do think there's a little bit of upside in Dalton Schultz, which is who I'm getting the second most ownership towards at $4,300. Again, Dalton might target him a little bit more. Matchup against Arizona is going to be fine. He'll see Deontay Thompson, who so far Deontay Thompson has been allowing a 56% catch rate and around 0.6 fantasy points per target, which is like average. And then it just comes into the fact that Dalton Schultz in the season has been put into the slot 51% of the time in this offense. He's been on the line 40% of the time and out wide 9% of the time. So Schultz does have an upside in terms of being just in a mismatch in the in the slot on a linebacker 50% of the time so far this season. So Schultz, if anything, would be my second yes here. I just have an overwhelming amount of Kelsey that I have him as a yes, but Schultz compared to like these next two guys, I have a good amount more Schultz than the next two guys. This is early on, right? Again, like I said at the beginning of the show, a lot of things are going to change before later tonight based on ownership, based on guys that I decide to manually just pivot and fade off of to get more leverage elsewhere. After that, you're not going to have any Dawson Knox in this one. They're expecting to be missing Dawson Knox. So it is going to be Tyler Croft, who's going to be the main tight end who has been playing better than Dawson Knox. But last week, he put up a goose egg. He ran 13 routes, 37% of the routes. He saw no targets. But the couple weeks before that, and keep in mind, he did miss the first two weeks of the season to start the season off 78% of the snaps, 22 routes, four catches on five targets. Next week only plays 29% of the snaps, eight routes and three targets. So it's really going to depend if they're playing from behind, if he's on the field more and they're expected to in this one. So last game where he ran 13 routes, I'll probably project him with no Dawson Knox for around 20 routes, 18 routes in this one, which is normally like four targets or so. So at $3,200, you get four targets. You're hoping you could bring him three of those for maybe like 30 yards. And if you could find the end zone, that's great. Otherwise you're going to probably get like five or six points. It's where I've been projected for around that five fantasy point mark for Tyler Croft. He has been efficient, averaging 1.95 fantasy points per target, which if to compare it Kelsey's just at 1.27 but obviously it's a much different story here in terms of overall routes run Kelsey's high up there towards like the 200s already where the routes run for right now Croft is just 43 so it's a little bit of a small sample size thing there so obviously he's in play he's not going to be somebody that I'm jumping up and down about and then Dan Arnold from Arizona I don't even know if you could play him or if it's really just like Daryl Daniels at this point who's another tight end that they have because Dan Arnold has done absolutely nothing on the year neither is Daryl Daniels I mean the week uh, in their previous week neither of these guys did anything but Dan Arnold has just been pretty much uh, dreadful I would say so if you just want to look at what the routes run look like for Dan Arnold each game so far this season. Dan Arnold was running routes and playing a decent amount of snaps, like 50 plus percent in every single week. And then last week, he only played 27 of the 75 snaps. And he was basically outdone by Daryl Daniels, who played 50 of the 75 snaps. So he was very much so taking a back seat. But even then, Daryl Daniels doesn't even see a target. So you're looking at tight ends who maybe they'll fall into the end zone. But outside of that, I don't know, they're probably going to run like 10 to 15 routes each between Daryl Daniels and Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold trending downwards, Daniels trending upwards. But who knows at this point, I have them both projected for like two fantasy points, three fantasy points. Uh, so at this point, not really interested all that much in these Arizona receiver or tight ends. I'll probably make Dan Arnold actually a no right now. Blake Bell would just be a punt option. It would be you saying, you know what? I might actually just take a zero in this spot. And I'm fine with that because it allows me to get up to all the other wide receiver
receivers, running backs, and quarterbacks that I want to. I'm fine if you want to do that. He's averaging 2.4 fantasy points per game, but if you just wanted to take a straight up zero, that's okay. The only issue is like Travis Kelsey has the ability to score 30 fantasy points tonight. So your opportunity cost at the tight end position might actually be a 30 point difference, which is very scary. I do think that Kelsey is by far the best option, but if you're factoring in all the other positions, like relative to tight ends, he's the best option. If you're factoring all the other t- positions and trying to save some salary and go elsewhere, if you're not playing a chief stack or a run back with Buffalo, I do think that Dalton Schultz is still a fine option. And yes, on a slate tonight, on a two game slate, I am okay putting the tight end in the flex spot. There's not enough good ones for me to do a lot of that. It'd probably just be a Kelsey and a Schultz, but I am okay doing that on a slate like tonight. But this is a long video because I wanted to break it down a ton because it is a Millie maker. So thank you so much for tuning in. Hit the like button, big old subscribe button pops up. You all rock in advance. I appreciate you. Be sure to sign up for Patreon down below. Projections, rankings for tonight and a bunch of other material. Golf stuff still going out. Projections, rankings for the main slates, closing thoughts podcast, 20 pages of game by game notes for the main slates every single week and a lot of other data and information you can find over there. Link down below, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore to check it all out. Check out the sponsor of the show, Super Draft. I appreciate you all tuning in. Enjoy the best day of the week, the start of your week, Monday. Appreciate you all in advance. I'll see you later on the live stream. See you then, gang. Peace out.